Hello, welcome. I'm Dave. And I guess what? I'm Sai. We're not very bikers today, are we? We're no. together again, though. That'll give twice the power, because today we are the Agony Uncles. Uncles that are in agony. Yes. Uncle Sai. Uncle Dave. Yes, we're here to help. Yes. In all sorts of possible weird ways. Uh, sensibly, not so sensibly. Yeah, the yeah. hundred and... 20 years of wisdoms popping out all over the place, isn't it? All over the place. Aye. Yes, mostly on the floor. It's gushing. Uh, yeah, messy. Messy. <clears throat> right, so, right, yes, this is how you get in touch with us, as you well know. This is the Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's the Agony Uncles. It's not. It's Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. God, I'm feeling such a moron today. On the Agony Uncles team today, posing the problems is always the thin white duke. Say hi to Mark Jeeves. Hi, Mark. Hello, Uncle Dave. Hello, Uncle Si. And I hope you got your caring trousers on today because we've got some quite uh, some quite challenging problems for you to solve in the agony uncles today. But, but amidst all this dross, this morass, there is a little bit of class in this show. Oh, yes. And the sort of advice only many could give, it's posh tash. Oh, I'm here. How are you all? Oh, <laughs> better by the minute, darling. Yes. Better by the minute. Old spanker. There she is. <laughs> no. I said nanny. Oh, did you? Sorry. Oh, I got that wrong. She's headphones. I told you that in privacy. <laughs> Sorry. No, enough. Stop. Stop now. Stop. Right. Let's get on with the show with our um, all of our first hairy helpings of problems. Uh, Dave, play that jingle, dude. Bingity bing bang bong. Off we go. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. In this week's edition of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, you will be digging into this sack of sorrow with problems including I need more calories. Has the world gone mad? a condiment conundrum, and in confidential corner, my annoying child-free friend. But first, we have I Need More Calories, and this comes from Amanda. Food makes everything better. Amanda explains, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, my other half is a real push-yourself-to-the-limit fitness-type bloke who's going to do something called an Ironman event. This is a triathlon of extreme sorts. He'll do three separate events, one after the other, a two-and-a-half-mile swim, followed by a 112-mile bike ride, followed by a marathon. So it's the swim, then the bike ride, then the marathon in one go. It takes about 10 to 11 hours, and on the day he'll use about 8,000 calories. The training for this is intense, to say the least, and he ends up coming back from a training session and eating pretty much everything in the fridge every day. I want to get this into a more ordered place, so can you recommend good but high-calorie foods that'll stop him being like the tiger who came to tea? Any help would be gratefully received. Amanda. Over to you. Well, that reminds us when we had, the, we had spent that time in a sumo stable in Japan, Kingy, because these guys were on, what was it, 20,000 20, calories a day? Yeah. Two lots of 12,000. And they just had this enormous fatty stew and actually loads of beer. Yeah. You know, um, the, 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 the sumo wrestlers, beer, corn, and, and this, this... 
White rice. White well. rice, loads yeah. of white rice. Loads Not of terribly good, though. They were all riddled with diabetes and the knees were knackered. So I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. But um, the, word, the amount of portions as well these guys used to eat. But I think it was, you're right, King, it's white rice and beer. It's yeah. basically the carbs, wasn't it? That was yeah. dreadful. Yeah. yeah. I used to work with Olympians, actually, um, and uh, Olympian rowers, etc. And pasta, big, huge bowls of pasta for breakfast, you know, enormous amounts. I mean, that was a, a key staple for them. So yeah. I think you're right. It's the carbs, heavy carbs. Yeah, heavy on the carbs. It's funny, I'm in a funny position at the minute since I started having the chemo, because obviously you lose weight and your appetite's not, not that great. And um, I, have to f I have to get the calories in. Uh, as I said, from, from being like 10 years ago, 18 and stone odd, um, you know, a fat bloke who's had to watch his calories for years. Um, now, now it's the other way around. And at the hospital, they call it the milkshake and Mars bar diet. But again, you know, I've got to watch my sugars as well. Um, but I do find myself now, like, if I want some toast, I will put a lot of butter on, you know, just to try and get my calories up. And peanut butter as well is another good one. Um, yeah, peanut butter and sugar-free jam, just to get those numbers up. Uh, but I do struggle sometimes. It, it's, it's quite a conflict, really, after all those years of watching <laughs> one's calories. Yeah. You know, now it's the other way around. Is there anything you love that you think, oh, I couldn't have that for so many years because it was the naughty treat, and now you can think, oh, yeah, now I can go for it? Yeah, cream on the porridge. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah a, a, a big drizzle of cream on my porridge in the morning. Um, you know, still do the porridge, maybe the oat milk and the b banana in it as well. Um, and then some berries on the top, but then a huge big swathe of cream. It's rather nice, actually, a bit we of honey. To, we used to do um, that in Hundley, can remember, in the winter. Yeah, that's why we're fat. Yeah. <laughs> and then back to the pub. Oh, <laughs> do you remember the, 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 the greatest thing, the most calorific thing, uh, is Aberdeenshire butteries. Oof. Those of you who've been up to Aberdeenshire know it's, it's a localised treat. It's a bit like a croissant, and I th I'm sure it goes back to the old alliance with France. But it's an Aberdeenshire version that was made for the fishermen so they could get the calories in. And we cooked butteries once in Union Street in Aberdeen. And I remember for 15 butteries, there was a whole pack of butter. That's 250 grams of butter and 125 grams of lard. But I remember what sign I used to do is there used to be a bakery in Huntley called the Strathbogie Bakery. And they did a cheese buttery. We'd go down there and have two or three each warm split with butter and marmite and that was a hell of a way of getting your calories in aberdeenshire buttery a lot of butter in that conversation there and, and yeah and you literally you just then you went to sleep it was yeah. but, but sometimes we cook things and once we see what's gone in it like brioche the amount of butter and fat yeah. it kind of makes you a bit wary really you know because you've got to get the calories in but unless you're an athlete you know, they are going to sit around your heart and all your bits so, and bobs. I love, it. I love it. I always buy brioches for my burgers and brioche in the morning and the kids take brioche to school for snacks. I love a brioche, so now I'm going to have to go and rethink, aren't I? No, you're not, because you're not overweight, oh, Tash. Oh, you're perfect. Yes, you're perfect, Tash. That's very kind of you. Good job you can only see me from the shoulders up. Yes. <laughs> OK, so uh, if we've got to give uh, Amanda a one food then that she would uh, that she would, could go for, uh, Tash, you would say pasta? I would say pasta from the Olympians. Yeah. Uncle Dave? I would say Aberdeenshire butteries, but the chances of you finding them where you live are minimal. <laughs> but, but our recipe is available on the website and they are, in fact, delicious. 
and Uncle Si. Pies with buttery mash. And we have a seminal work called Perfect Pies and go and buy it off the shelves. It's uh, epic. And this autumn, we do have a baking book out, which mm. is an no holes barred, really good baking. I'd use that. You'll soon get the lard on. I can't Perfect. wait for that. Actually, I love a good bake. I can't wait for it either. Great book. It is a good book. Uh, When's it out, by the way? October, I think. We're hoping October, yeah. Yeah, we're just finishing it now. Food makes makes everything better. Your next problem is called, has the world gone mad? And we actually, we've had a couple of, yes, yes in many ways, but this is a specific madness, and it's a few, uh, I've had a few different uh, emails about this this week. So, dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, this comes from Andy King, who helpfully puts at the end, no relation, Si. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> Oh, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I was walking through my local Morrisons today when I found something I've never seen before, and he's actually sent a photograph of something called Beach Dean Doggy Ice Cream. Oh, yeah. My two dogs love ice cream. I just give them whatever I have in the freezer. They're not bothered about the flavour or whether it's got hundreds and thousands on. They just want to push their face into it. But do I now have to give them special dog ice cream? What's in this to make it special for dogs? I know you're the hairy bikers and generally do people food, but I'm now very confused. Andy King, no relation. It's all marketing. Well, yeah, but I assume that the dog ice cream has been via a vet to prove there's nothing in it to harm your dog, like chocolate, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I've got to confess, this is really odd, because I, I went up to Nitsley Farm Shop that Dave and I mm. knew quite well. And um, in Nitsley Farm Shop, they had... Because everybody, because of where it's located, it's it's next to a walk. They're doing walk, so there's lots of cyclists and walkers and dog owners come in and out. And I saw this dog ice cream, and I was feeling slightly guilty about Artie because, uh, it, it, yeah, he bought just, it, didn't he? He you know, bought it. God, he bought it. it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I bought. I've got it in the freezer. I, I, if, <laughs> If uh, if um, if if Pop, can you help us get that? You'll see some dog ice cream in a little carton in the freezer, so I don't have to get up. It's just in the top. And um, and I bought it, and I thought, and I was looking at it, and I was thinking, why have I just bought this? <laughs> I bought it with like some new potatoes and and a and a and a and a and a Barnsley chop. And it's called Scoops. Right. For dogs. For dogs. Scoops for dogs. Right. What's in it? Is that the well, one? No, this is Beach Dean, this Beach one. God, there's uh, other brands. Just yeah. tell me, though, Si, have you tried it or could you eat it? Uh, I don't know. What's in it? Um, have a bit. Go what on, makes it special for dogs? That's what I want to know. Oh, we did too. It tastes like ice cream. <laughs> Woof. And uh, what makes it special for dogs? That'll be, I'll never get, I'll never walk past a lamppost again and do the same thing. It's going to be like that. Um, I can't, right. Oh, there's lots of things. Composition. It's not ingredients, oh. it's composition. Oh, right, right. And unless I have a magnifying glass. It's probably got more fibre in it than, than regular ice cream. So right. I reckon regular ice cream could give your dog the trots, couldn't it? Mm. And the last thing that Artie needs is a mess of <laughs> because he has one anyway. I'll tell you what, I bought our teddy the other day. Dog what? peanut butter. Oh, yes. It's just... Oh, it's, yeah, they love it. Oh, they do. But you see, because his teeth are coming out, you're like... Once you're trying to get through it, but a big dollop on his dinner, it shuts him up for hours. Um, I just don't understand <laughs> why we have to make it... Apart from the, the chocolate, I get it. Can't they just eat our peanut butter? Can't they? Is it just peanut? I mean... 
Don't know. I don't know. Well, it's protein, isn't it? Just so. give it up. But surely you're paying yeah. for something that says dog on the front of it. You're paying for the... Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, buy but, the but, cheap but one. In case you hadn't noticed, we'd live in a neoliberal mm. society where the free market economy <laughs> rules. And the fact of the matter is that anything that anybody can make an angle on uh, and they consume, will. they're yeah, going to yeah. do it, okay. Tash, yeah. aren't they? And they always say that in a time of recession, the last shops to go bust are pet shops because people will support the pets. Wow, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, no, it's true. That, if you're yeah, going to invest, true, invest yeah. in a pet shop. Be oh. a doggy ice cream. Yeah, but also dogs need to keep cool as well. We well, can make dog lollies yourself, oh. can't you? But do you? I? I <laughs> dog do. lolly, he's got to hold it. He's got a paw. He can't hold it. What are you doing? Bending down. <laughs> no, well, you've got to hold it for him, <laughs> Tash. You know what I mean? Like, a dog. You're not a dog. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to hold it. I beg your pardon. <laughs> hold on, hold on. That's a completely different <laughs> area of conversation Stop. now. <laughs> I'm just thinking you'd have to sit down and then wait for him to lick it. I mean, no, you just put it baby. down on the in a bowl in his course. Oh, okay. You make bovril lollies. They love it. Do they? Salty. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. lots of salt. Uh, but again, yeah. that's again, you see, you probably could get dog bovril with less salt. But there again, if, if, if the salt's harmful for the dogs, what's it doing to us? Mm, mm, true. I just, I'm not very sympathetic on these conversations. Yeah. I'm the worst post tap. No, sign. I often no, thought, no, actually, that... that being dog owners and being yeah. cooks on the telly, we should produce our dog food. Oh. Because yeah. we could do a dog food that's healthy for your dogs, mm. also try and put some binder in it so it doesn't. It makes it, the, the job is easy to pick up. I think we'd make a fortune, Kingy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, I do. If there's anybody there that even wants us to brand slap it, we'll <laughs> do that. <laughs> Oh my God, we're really all going all out today, aren't we? I'm just, just don't want to get the confusion between Harry Biker's food is dog food. I mean, we don't want that advertising slogan. You really, we definitely just separate. Oh no, well, you've got to, you, you've got to get more sophisticated about your thought processes. I would tell. I mean, the fact of the matter is, dog food's dog food, and what we cook. I can see it now. Treat your bitch with the Harry Biker's. <laughs> no, oh God, I'm not no. Being your bitch. no. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to be. No, you dog, oh, no. lady dog. No. <laughs> This is not going well. This is not... We're not from Compton, dude. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK. Oh, God. Yeah, well, anyway, look, watching it is exactly the same. I, it, all it said, the only thing that I could read was milk. Right. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure that that's... No, our happen. dog, um, Lil Keep, I, I have an argument with her. She gives the dog milk and he loves it and I, I'm not sure she should. Well, you used to give your Dalmatian pasta. Ooh. And I, yeah. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Pasta and, 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 and Fred has a, a very, very, a real penchant for toast with, though, with marmalade. Aww. Now, it, you only have to scrape it on thin because he doesn't like it too thick. But <laughs> he does, he's like properly, he's, he's the most obedient Dalmatian when this, when he A, smells toast and B, marmalade. knows that there's marmalade on it. you got to watch out for diabetes. We our, our, our first Westy snow, he ended up diabetic. And that was a complete nightmare. Twice a day injecting and yeah. trying to inject a Westie. Gosh. <laughs> Not easy. Not really. He was a nippy little bugger as well. I <laughs> oh, was, to be fair. Huh? Yeah. No, oh. no, it's funny. I, I was remember years ago, there used to be... An, you remember Exchange and Mart that was full of interesting yes. things? You used to be able to buy this industrial dog food and the name stuck in my head and it was called Woofity Mix. <laughs> and I often wonder what happened to Woofity Mix. I'll just go and get a sack of Woofity Mix. <laughs> That's a good name. Please let that still be oh. going. It's a if great name. If it's not, name. then it's yours. That's it. It's yes, yours. It's, it's ours. We can <laughs> Google it quickly. We could go. Woofity Mix. Woofity Mix. Oh, that would be it. It was W. What a great W-O-O-F-I-T. 
T mix. Let's see how Spellcheck fixes that one. Wolferty mix. Go on, images. Wolferty mix did not match any documents. Oh, it's about oh. us. It's about us. Right, I'm busy this afternoon. Oh, did that be Wolferty mix? <laughs> no. I like, but no. was it dried food? It was dried food or, like, or the tinned dog food? Sounds like a dry. I think it mix. came in a sack. We had to order yeah. it on the exchange of Mark. So back in the day, with the post, it probably. I I, I think. Have you seen those ones that that come in like sausage shapes? Oh, it's, it's horrible. Really big. Like big bolognese. Oh, yeah. Man. What's yeah. it called? Um, it's a name for it again. Chub. Isn't it? Chub. Oh, chum. Chub roll. Oh, no, chub roll. Do you know what yeah. you guys should do then? Maybe we twist it. You're talking about those Japanese, that silly cafe with the meow, meow, and the, all that business. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Like Maze cafe. Still yeah, that one. Maybe scored. the Harry Biker should do a restaurant that's uh, human food, but it's called dog food. Maybe you should do something where all the dog lovers come in and they all <laughs> like being dogs and bitches and then they have but, their Harry Biker dog food. No, you can't be, you can't be fired in your time. This, this, this is how this... This is the relationship here. <laughs> but you know, there's, there's, there's a, a... I go down the King's Road the other day, I was at the Fulham Road, and there is a, a, a dog restaurant, but what happens is they've got all these, like, real posh pampered pooches, so you can go in there and have your morning coffee and the cake and stroke a dog. Oh, yeah. But, there's but a the, hedgehog the, one, isn't there, as well? There's a cat one. There's a cat one on you. Yeah, because it's just dawned on me. It's right next to the traffic lights just before you get to the law courts and I just see all these people with cats in the... the, And I'm like... There are quite a lot. What's all that about? Did you say there's a hedgehog one? There's a hedgehog one as well. You can go and you can just have the hedgehogs and they're just crawling around and you sit cross-legged on the floor the hedgehogs are around. I find it all very, very, very odd. The cat one, I have been to a cat one actually, where they're just sitting all around you, have your cup of tea and they're on a scratching pillar behind you and they're under your legs and they come over and they'll bring you a cup of tea and they'll bring a cat over just to be in your vicinity to make sure you're getting the full experience. Does it not stink? Oh, I just, it's not for me. Honestly, it's not for me. You might have worked it out. I'm not an animal person, so yeah. Horrible. No, <laughs> honestly, really. I like stroking humans. No. <laughs> yeah, yes, and that's got you into no end of trouble, our Tasha. Well, if you're down, if you're down, down now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to the agony uncles. Our next problem is called a condiment calamity, and this comes from Megan, who says, "Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, my partner." also called Dave, Dave and I moved in together about three months ago and we have a small disagreement we'd like your help with. We have a small flat with a small fridge, so space is at a premium. Dave insists on keeping the tomato ketchup and salad cream in our tiny fridge. His reasoning is that they say on the label, after opening, keep refrigerated. His point being that why would they spend money on the ink to print that if it wasn't necessary? From my point of view, my family went through our entire life so far without keeping any of our sauces in the fridge, and we are unhurt. So it doesn't matter what's printed on the label. Your opinion would be interesting, please, Megan. Fridge all the way. I don't want crust on the top of my sauce. You know, you you put it in a cupboard, bring it out four days later, there's a brown crust on there, and then, you know, oh, no, no, keep it in the fridge. Absolute nonsense. (laughs) It's full of no, sauce. I'm never, I'm, never having, vinegar. I'm never having sauce at your house again. <laughs> oh, I, was, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 uh, no, I never keep mine in the fridge. I haven't got, I, I've, I've got the same problem as Megan and Dave. I've got this ridiculously stupid fridge that somebody put in when I was away at work. I went, where's my fridge? I went, it's there. I said, oh, 
You can only get three three carrots and two radishes in it. It's really irritating. So no, it definitely goes. Uh, yeah, no, it's. But your sauces will go off quicker. I'm sure they go off faster if you keep them out of the fridge. Yeah, I was reading somewhere as well that soy sauce apparently from opening that's only got about a month before it starts to lose its flavor i think i've got some soy sauce about 10 years old and i'm still using it but um no apparently not apparently soy sauce is a month oh, yeah. wow. before it changes the, the 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 color and also it's it's really good umaminess oh i didn't know that but i have to say i'm fridge all the way when it comes to sauces and condiments well yes but that's because yeah. Uh, yes, well, exactly. You've got a larder and one of those super sub-zero glass really? fridges that speak to you and say, by the way, <coughs> your sauces. Oh, well, no, because you've got a butler for that, haven't you? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where's white gloves and that? Yeah, I just have my ketchup in a little bowl anyway, a silver bowl. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. <laughs> oh, that's so wasteful, though, so wasteful. No, you know, not if you eat the chips that she goes through, honestly. Thanks. I'm just saying. But I'm just going to think that also that I don't like is when you squirt ketchup out of a a bottle from the fridge, it comes out firmer and fresher. But if you squirt it out of when it's been in the cupboard, it's like a warm, runny mess. And I just don't think it looks as nice on the plate or tastes as good. So I'm fridge all the way, Phil. <sighs> yeah, me, me too. But there again, I don't buy ketchup that you squirt. No, you I know, don't I mean, either. The, the plastic thing, it puts me off a bit. Yeah. Oh, bugger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and the thing is that if you do keep it in the fridge, you say, oh, bugger, when you're banging the bottom of it a lot more than you do if you don't. <laughs> yes, but you don't end up with salmonella and typhoid yeah, and, well, you know, plague of boils. You know, it's keep it in the fridge. Yeah, you're right, Dave. I really, you suddenly reminded me of my childhood. I think my grandparents kept their uh, ketchups and things out of the fridge and that horrible, crusty dark around the top of the salad cream where it browns. Oh, I agree. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. It would fall onto your plate. You'd have to pick it out. Yeah, or mayonnaise that has a crusty brown top on because somebody put it in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. No. So let's uh, let's help uh, with the... Uh, let's go around the table. I think we know where we stand. But just for Megan's point of view, uh, in the fridge or out of the fridge, Posh Tash. In the fridge. Uh, Uncle Si. Out of the fridge. And Uncle Dave. Absolutely in the fridge. Yeah, it's very clear. It's two to one majority. Megan, I'm sorry. You need a bigger fridge. Alan, bigger flat. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncle's a line. For our next problem, we need uh, and Uncle Dave and Uncle Cy. Could you give us a female name each, please, for the problem that's called "My baby expert is driving me mad." Cindy. Cindy. Tiggy. <laughs> this one comes from Cindy. And I think she's speaking about Tiggy. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I'm at the end of my tether. Please help. I've got two good friends. Neither of them have children, whereas I've got an 18-month-old girl. And they've both been regular visitors since she was born. My problem is that one of them, Tiggy, is always telling me about how I should be looking after my daughter. Oh. If she's round oh. when I'm feeding her, she'll say things like, oh, I wouldn't feed her that. I read an article which said such and such is really oh. bad for babies. Or the one time when I couldn't settle her, I was up and down the stairs for a couple of hours and she started to lecture me on how doctors recommend that children should be left crying or something and I wasn't helping her by molly coddling. The thing is, I know all of this, but there are some times when I'm utterly knackered and so probably do the wrong thing for a quiet life. But I'm constantly being made to feel guilty and worst of all, Tiggy doesn't even have any kids of her own. She always tells me that when she does, they'll fit in her life 
she's got it all planned and I should have planned for children like oh. she's doing. I do like her, but I'm on the verge of just telling her to back off. But I know that if I do, she's going to get the hump. Any advice, lovely boys? P.S. Your One Pot Wonders book is a lifesaver for busy parents. Thanks for writing that one. And that comes from Cindy. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, still available in all good bookshops, shall we say. And OK, do say that. Over to uh, you two, this. You know, it's, it's step parenting has got me out of that chaotic situation. I, I, it, tell her to back the hell off. Uh, it's just it help helpful criticism. Instead of just sitting there, just go and help. Or, you know, just... I, I hate that. It, it's so irritating. And... It's just one thing that new parents absolutely don't mean. It's all right if it comes from your mum, but a bloody smart-ass know-it-all, morally high-grounded <laughs> idiot going, well, you shouldn't do this because... It's just a pain in the ass. Tell her to back off. Just dump her. Actually, lock her out. Don't let her anywhere near you until the baby's 18. Right. I think somebody's gone for a bit of a brutal approach there. So here's my thinking. <laughs> I think that you're right. Absolutely. She needs to back off. She's got no right to say anything. Nothing. But I do wonder that if, is there a reason she's not having kids yet? Has she chosen yet? No one knows until you've got kids what it's really like with a baby. You know, just a, a little small one. It's tough. It's hard. It's tiring. It's and, awful. And, and you have to learn to switch off because so many people want to impart their advice and, and wisdom on it. But I would imagine this other lady, who are we now, Cindy. Cindy probably, is it Tiggy? Sorry, I always get these ones C- very tight. C- Cindy is writing, Tiggy is the problem lady. Tiggy is the problem. So Tiggy, I imagine, would like to be part, most of her friends are having babies and children, and she wants to be part of the conversation, I'd imagine. And she feels when she's around people with other kids, she's got to be part of that conversation. She's got no other ground to talk about it. So she's read an article or she's heard from somewhere and she's getting it wrong. She's trying to be part of the conversation, her friend's world, but it's sprouting out wrong. So I think, yes, she needs to stop doing that, but she won't know until she's had her own kids what it is like. So poor Cindy just needs to drown the noise out for a little bit. Let Tiggy, if she wants Tiggy in her life, let her go on with a, a pointless advice and just learn to drown it out because Tiggy will soon learn when she's got her own one bloody hard work. Yeah. Uh, so, so Kingy, what was it like for you? Because obviously Alex, your first bomb was quite a surprise to you and Janie. Yes. Yeah. As, as you weren't planned, should I say. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> okay. So what was that like when you first got the baby home? Was, was your, was your mum the voice of reason or were the voices of chaos? No, I think I think family was were incredibly helpful, like they normally are, and and I just think that we had an atmosphere in our household with, that we were doing the best we possibly could, and and you you're the only one that knows your baby because it's instinctive, it's just I can't explain it, particularly for Janie, particularly you know she's just given birth to this entity that's made out of love between the two of you, and it's just. It's just a different relationship entirely, and albeit that that advice is incredibly helpful, it it has to be diplomatic because yeah we're going to get stuff wrong because and because in those days there was no kind of you know there was maybe three books on the market about how to bring your baby up now there's seventy five thousand websites and two hundred and fifty million books it it. Yeah, so it was, it, and it was bloody hard work, as Tash says. It was really, really tough because it's a huge adjustment throughout your life, throughout your family, your social life changes, everything changes. Because if you do it properly, 
that baby for the first, well, forever is your priority. You know, Alex and James and Dylan are still my priority. You know, it's it's just it's just different. And the other thing is there is, you know, there may be all the internet out there and the Google and the hundreds of other books that there weren't are now that there weren't then, but there is no handbook to There's be the perfect mum and dad. It is just so instinct and it's just fingers crossed and praying you're doing it right and you will get it wrong and you you won't do it the way everyone else does it. And but it's trial and error and you just hope I always think my kids go to bed alive every single night. I've done a bloody good job. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's as good as it gets. One thing I don't understand is this, right? Now, everybody's got Dr. Spock, his baby advice books. How on earth would you take advice from a Vulcan? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, mate? Who knows? Uh, yes. I mean... what, what, why is he qualified? He might be out on the Enterprise. Can he change a nappy with those pointy ears? Can no. he buggery? No. No, no I'd, I'd far rather go with Sulu. I mean, maybe, maybe not, actually. No, that would be... No. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> It's so true, Dave. That's love, brilliant. That is. It is so true. I was brought up on Doctor Spock. I mean, yeah, we should all be living out somewhere in space by now. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is the agony uncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening and for contacting the show. It's always great to hear from you, and we look forward to the emails so that we can help you. Yes, send them in. Your questions, your problems too. Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk That is Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk We love to try and assist you with our not very great advice. Well, remember to follow this podcast so that the new one, it'll just pop up every Friday morning in your inbox. Yes. Boom! Like that. I like that. Do that again. You're always good at making noises. You go on, do that again. It'll pop into your inbox. Boom! Oh, nice. It's Friday morning. We should sample that and flog it. <laughs> Boom! Say goodbye, Posh Tash. Goodbye. And Duke. Th- yes. Goodbye. And, uh, and it's goodbye from us and have a safe week. Yeah, bye-bye. See you bye. next week. See you next week.